0: Welcome to Abiding Hope, a ministry of Hope Community Church of Waynesboro. And now, here's Larry Roberts and Pastor Glenn Holman. Well, good evening, Glenn. Good evening, everyone out there. Um, We'd like to welcome you again, Glenn, to our podcast.
1: It's great to be with you, Larry. It's also great to have Sam King with us, our engineer and producer. We're grateful for Sam and his ministry in our midst. Sam, you're worth every penny we
0: pay you. Tonight we're going to be talking about Exodus chapter 7, um, and this is a continuation of the series that we've been doing on Exodus. At this point, Moses and uh, Aaron are beginning to um, go to Pharaoh, and, uh, and this is a prelude to the plagues that will come in, in chapter 8. And, and in this passage, uh, God begins to move in Pharaoh's life despite Pharaoh not recognizing him in any way. Moses and Aaron have approached Pharaoh on one occasion previously, but managed to bring greater hardship on the people, since Pharaoh did not know or recognize God as someone he should obey. In fact, he increased the burdens of the people, and at this point the people are despairing, Mm -hmm. even of Moses and Aaron. But in chapter 7 of Exodus, God begins to show himself to Pharaoh, though as of yet, Pharaoh doesn't seem to be impressed. <laughs> um, and before we get into the questions, Glenn, let me just say a quick word of prayer. That'd to be wonderful. Word. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for this time in your word, the time in fellowship, and Lord, the time with others listening. We give thanks for their being here, and uh, we pray, Lord, that we would offer words of encouragement to them as they go about their lives in a busy world, and help us to apply the the, the messages and the um, the truths of Exodus, and how we can apply those today. In all things, Lord, we give thanks mm. honor, praise, and glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Glenn, you know, as we approach this piece of Scripture, God has Aaron throw down his staff to be turned into a serpent. He's beginning to perform miracles uh, that Pharaoh can hopefully see that their God is superior, mm. that they have a real God. Pharaoh has his own magicians do the same, and despite the serpent of Aaron consuming Pharaoh's serpents, he remains unmoved. Mm. I mean, today we are perhaps more skeptical than ever before, as science and technology have managed to create a form of God to many. I mean, I I was surprised to learn just the other day that distracted driving has become the major cause of highway deaths Mm -hmm. um, in recent months or years. Right. How is this current... Age different from ages past, and the challenges we faced and that we face now in connecting with God.
1: Well, one thing that strikes me, Larry, as you as I think about this, is that we live in a time when there's instant everything mm-hmm. and we want things now. We want things, you know, we want things that our parents have worked years for, for example. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of culture that we that we live in. So, wanting everything now makes it difficult to exhibit the fruit of patience, for example, to be patient. And, uh, you know, obviously it's it's easy to become impatient. And certainly the Israelites were impatient, that things weren't working out the way that they had hoped that they would. But God does intervene. He does intervene in ways that uh, they wouldn't have expected. Uh, but God is still there. He's behind the scenes. And he's behind the scenes today when we become impatient, when things aren't working. We talked about in the previous show. Even when things aren't working out the way that we planned or hoped for, mm-hmm. God is still sovereign over our situation and our uh, lively our life that we're living right now.
0: Well, and, and as Aaron and Moses were talking to Pharaoh, it became clear very quickly that. He didn't necessarily recognize God as someone he should obey. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's, that's one of the challenges we have now? Is that do we
1: need God? Exactly, exactly. I mean, many people don't have any need for a God. Uh, you know, they don't want anybody telling them what to do, mm-hmm. uh, having any kind of authority over their lives. Right. And I th- think that's a reality. Although, as w- in my own life experience, I've found that really. God wants what's best for us. And when we take steps outside, taking matters into our own hands, literally, Hmm. that we have more problems. Right. Uh, So when we allow ourselves to live according to God's principles and values and commandments, our lives are actually um, more joyful Mm-hmm. and more peaceful. Those, that, those fruit of the Spirit become more evident in our mm-hmm. lives. Well, and I'm one of those, I
0: think, that's been fortunate in life to have just about everything I've ever needed. Mm-hmm. Now, I would also be one of those that would say that as a young fellow, I didn't realize that we didn't have a lot. We were happy. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we were very blessed. There was always food on the table and a roof over our heads, clothes on our backs. Mm-hmm. Um, But now as I've gotten older and in a better position to do perhaps what I might want when I want to do it, I'm very cognizant that regardless of what it is, Mm. um, thanks be to God that he's the one that provides. Um, But I realize that where we are with Pharaoh is a very different place. Right. In Exodus 13, uh, it says that Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he did not listen to them. And so what does it mean to have a hardened heart?
1: I think in in lots of ways, it it means that we're there we're um, not open. I think what happens lots of times is we do we make a decision, we fall short of God's glory, we sin basically, mm-hmm. and then the next time it becomes easier and easier to live according to our own principles, our own values, our own ideas, what we think is best for us, instead of instead of following God's principles. And when that happens, as it did even for King David, we we lose a sense of uh, the Spirit of God being active and at work in our lives in a more mighty way. And, it, and when I think about David, I think about this is a man after God's own heart, and yet because of the places where he went astray in relation to Bathsheba and having a man killed uh, for what he wanted, taking matters again into his own hands, that... Uh, this was someone that, uh, that lost all perspective, and his heart mm. became hardened. Right. It was, uh, and the same thing happens today. We become um, resistant to the Spirit of God being at work in our lives because we want to live life according to our own way, what we think is best for us.
0: And I'm fascinated by that, the timelessness of those times.
1: Yes, it's nothing new.
0: I mean, in in this book of Exodus, we're looking at 1,400, 1,450 years before Christ arrived on the scene. Mm -hmm. When Christ arrived on the scene, he spoke very directly to the Pharisees and the Sadducees of this same very issue.
1: That's exactly right. So
0: tell me, it's concerning to me that. And I know in my own life I must have had a hard heart at many times.
1: Mm-hmm. Likewise,
0: as a Christian, though, I mean, is that an issue that that we
1: as Christians overall have to be worried about? I don't think it's something we have to worry about, but it's something we need to be aware of—that our hearts can become hardened. So it happens within
0: believers, yes. just as
1: easily. yes Abs- I think that it does, Larry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, and I tend to believe that as well. I, one of the things that I was reading recently was about an article about the silent years, that time mm-hmm. between the end of the the Old Testament, Malachi's last mm-hmm. entry into the Old Testament, and that 400, year or roughly 400-year period right. before Jesus arrived, um, where God is not necessarily speaking to the people through mm-hmm. a prophet, um, but he's preparing them. Right. There were a lot of things going on during that time in
1: history. Um, Absolutely. The whole apocryphal literature Mm -hmm. is evident of that, of what was going on during those years, Mm -hmm. and of course, historical references as well. But the apocrypha is a great reference in relation to the Israelites. Hmm. It's fascinating to me, because we're now in a time that's similar,
0: where a lot of people would say, we've not really had a a great prophet since Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nothing other... Of course, we have his word. We have all that we need, Uh, but... It seems in this day and age that the hardening of the heart, and, and I think in terms of an industrial surgery, mm-hmm. like hardened steel, for example, right goes through other treatments to make it even harder than it was before. That's right. Um, this world can do that to us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, what do you think it
1: takes from a spiritual standpoint to penetrate a hardened heart? Obviously, it's the Spirit of God that mm-hmm. can penetrate that. Mm-hmm. And, and really... Uh, I think the spirit of God, especially for believers, for followers of Jesus, the spirit of God can be at work in our lives, convicting us of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, showing us uh, the places where we've gone astray. So, for example, when the prophet Nathan comes to David, and I've used David as an example, when I we could be utilizing Pharaoh as well, but when when he comes before David, Nathan, the prophet, says he tells him this parable and and David thinks that it's horrible and and then Nathan says well you're the man <laughs> you know and it really struck him and that's when Psalm 51 came about you know recognizing my sin rec and and it's the spirit of god that can can soften our hearts and and it's something that uh, I think as followers of Jesus, we need to pray for that, that God would soften our hearts and soften the hearts of our friends whose hearts have become hardened, Mm -hmm. or people that we love, even people within the the church. I mean, we need to be praying for people that that hearts would be softened so that genuine repentance could take place, that lives could be transformed. And it's the Spirit of God, again, to get at your Mm -hmm. your basic question, Mm -hmm. it's the Spirit of God that's going to do that for us.
0: Right. And there's so many things right now in this current culture. I mean, even politics is one of the the most divisive things that I've seen in many, many years. I've never seen it like this before, Um, even among believers, Mm -hmm. where people are fragmenting as a result of political beliefs and and the culture that we're living in. So that's a deep concern for me, and I think you're exactly right. It requires focused prayer, Mm -hmm. consistent focused prayer. You know, it's one of the things that I uh, wanted to touch on before we run out of time tonight. It, it, this last question that I wanted to, to uh, run by you, disbelief requires very little of us. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you're not a believer, you live your life however you might right. care to and and whatever opinions you might want to impose on others. But belief must change our lives. And that can be a fearful realization. So can fear and belief Coexist.
1: <laughs> I think it's a it's an interesting question because I would suggest that that fear is the opposite, is the exact opposite of belief or faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that is the opposite. It's not it's not necessarily doubt. You know, for some people that they would think mm-hmm. about doubt as mm-hmm. being the opposite of faith, but really the issue is fear. Mm-hmm. And the wonderful thing about our Lord is that that god can remove that fear he can take that fear away by the way there's a healthy fear mm-hmm. you know there's an, a a natural fear and of uh, an awe inspiring reverence toward god a fear of god in that sense which is positive but then there's the phobic kind of fear the fear of snakes or the fear of spiders or something like that and or or a fear of what god may do if if we don't uh, turn away from our the way in which we're living right. our lives. Really. And so, but God can remove that fear because we worship a God who is full of grace, full of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. And that's the wonderful um, juxtaposition of God's incredible love for us, beckoning us to come to Him, and yet a God that's holy, a God that is, is awesome, and, and we need to recognize both, that both, there's a, that wonderful tension between those two of God's complete holiness, and yet God's incredible love for us, mm-hmm. His mm-hmm. grace in our lives, so that there's nothing that we should fear. Um, you know, I love the text in 1 John 4, that perfect love casts yes. out or right. drives out fear. Mm-hmm. It really does. And that's, that's a movement of the Holy Spirit, that God does that. Um, so, yeah, the-
0: I think that's awesome. It's truly awesome. I'm very thankful that uh, that God moves us in the way that He does. Even when occasionally some fear might be a part of it, it may move yes. us to do other things. But, but I I trust that it strengthens my belief mm-hmm. yeah, because I do see God working in my life. And well, Glenn, we've run out of time again. I'm yes, going to uh, to close this up in a word of prayer.
1: Oh, Lord, thank you that you do ultimately intervene. It's not always the way that we expect or would like, but you are at work, that you love us, and that you call us not to fear, but to love you and to to trust you. Lord, we pray that we would have the kind of reverence of your holiness, that we would have the kind of lives that Desire to please you rather than anything or anyone else. Lord, be present with all of our listeners this evening. You know the places in their lives that they would like for you to intervene. And we thank you, Lord, that when you that you would move mightily by the power of your spirit in people's lives. For we pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Glenn.
0: We hope you found this message encouraging. For more information, visit hopechurchwainsboro.org.